From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Thursday, February 22, 2024. I'm Eric Teal. Mecklenburg County Commissioners heard Wednesday that the county could face a tighter budget over the next few years. Eli Portillo has this report. County Manager Dina DiOrio told the commission that Mecklenburg will face higher costs to pay for a record $2.5 billion school bond voters approved last year. Property tax increases are already planned in the next several budgets. There are annual tax increases that are built into our budget from fiscal year 2024, which is the current fiscal year we're in. We did include a one-cent tax increase um, through fiscal year 2029. At the same time, office buildings and other commercial properties continued to struggle post-pandemic, while home prices shoot up. DiOrio cautioned county commissioners to keep that dynamic in mind as they plan how to cover increased costs for schools, parks, the health department, and more. Eli Portillo, WFAE News. The needs of Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools could be on a collision course with the tight county budget. Andos Helms reports. Mecklenburg County has already agreed to raise property taxes by one cent in the coming year to cover the debt for CMS construction. County Manager Dina DiOrio said the current forecast is that the county can add about $36 million to the coming year's budget without having to raise taxes even more. She said that's a leaner budget outlook than usual, driven mostly by a slowdown in sales tax revenue after three years of growth during the pandemic. And we are seeing that start to flatten out. CMS then outlined $189 million in needs for the coming year for such things as student laptops and employee raises. And that's not asking for county money to offset the loss of $190 million in federal COVID-19 aid. Superintendent Crystal Hill repeatedly said that she does not plan to ask the county to cover all the items. But school board vice chair D. Rankin got concurrence from DiOrio and commissioner's chair George Dunlap when he noted that $36 million isn't much to spread among CMS and all the other items in the county budget. So that means the board of county commission will really have to prioritize being that it's much lower than previous years. That's correct. Glad you got that. (laughs) Both groups are still working on budgets that will be up for a vote this spring. When Mecklenburg County commissioners decide how much to spend on Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools, they often debate whether they're getting enough academic bang for their bucks. As Ann learned at the meeting, the district got mixed reviews. In years past, Commissioner's Chair George Dunlap has been critical of the school district's academic strategies. But he said he was impressed with data showing that students are starting to rebound from pandemic setbacks. We wanted to see a trajectory of moving forward, moving ahead, moving up, improvement, And I think this demonstrates that we're moving in that direction. But Commissioner Arthur Griffin said he was frustrated by five-year academic goals the school board has set. For instance, the board wants to see half of all elementary and middle school students earn college and career-ready reading scores by 2029, up from just over 30% last year. Uh, Your goals for me from where I sit are horribly, horribly low. Superintendent Crystal Hill will be judged on whether she can meet the goals, disagreed. Our board has set extremely high standards um, for me and for our district. Dunlap reminded commissioners that it's the school board's job to oversee academics and the county's job to provide financial support. Ann Doss-Helms, WFAE News. A Charlotte man has been sentenced to 10 months in prison for fraudulently coding thousands of vehicles that would have otherwise failed state emissions inspections. The U.S. Attorney's Office of the Western District of North Carolina says 43-year-old Rodolfo Rodriguez 
must also pay $300,000 in fines and spend three years on supervised release. In exchange for cash, prosecutors said he'd change the information on vehicles so they'd appear not to require a passing test in the state's registration system. They said he did this while working at Friendly Auto Repair and as the owner of Auto Spa Auto Inspections and Tiger Auto Inspections in North Charlotte. Rodriguez pleaded guilty in June to conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government and violate the Clean Air Act. North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein is working with a coalition of 39 attorneys general calling for Congress to make pharmacy benefit manager reforms to lower drug costs. The attorneys general are looking for Congress to pass legislation that would force PBMs to operate with more transparency around pricing. Stein, who is running for governor, said, quote, these third-party companies are putting profits over patients. The city of Greensboro unveiled a new downtown sculpture this week to honor Justice Henry Fry and his wife Shirley Fry. As WFDD's DJ Simmons reports, Governor Roy Cooper hailed the couple as trailblazers and state icons. The Fries have called Greensboro home for the past 70 years. Henry served as the first black chief justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Shirley led the integration of the city's two YWCAs in the 1970s. Governor Cooper called the Fries a dynamic duo and real-life superheroes. Henry and Shirley Fry paved the path of opportunity. This is a fitting tribute to their legacy, which will be remembered for decades and even centuries to come. The statue shows the couple holding hands on top of a singular base with plaques that honor their legacies. Shirley said there were no words that could express the gratitude for all involved. Please know that we will continue to work to the best of our health and abilities to do all that is within our power to help make our city, our county, and our state the best that it can be. She says she and her husband believe they were placed here on earth to serve. I'm DJ Simmons. As we reported earlier this week, flying out of Charlotte is getting a little more expensive for many. The largest carrier at Charlotte Douglas, American Airlines, this week announced it's raising the cost of checking a bag. It will now cost $35 to do so in advance, $40 at the airport. Those are both up from $30 previously. American also said starting May 1st, passengers will only get frequent flyer miles on flights booked directly with the airline or preferred travel agencies. Christina Bowling is with the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter and spoke to Marshall Terry for our weekly segment, Bizworthy. So why is American doing this now? I thought air travel was booming and ticket prices certainly have not come down. Um, Do they really need to raise prices? I'm sure that is something that lots of people are curious about. What American executives are saying is that they're dealing with rising fuel and labor costs, and so this is one way that they can manage that. You know, they're saying that the more luggage they put on aircraft, the heavier the airplanes are, and the more fuel they burn. They say that they last raised their check bag fees in 2018, so it's been a little while. What's interesting is I saw some airline data recently that showed that American brought in $1.4 billion in bag fees in 2022. And to be clear, some passengers still won't have to pay for that first check bag, right? That's right, Marshall. So you'll still be able to check a bag for free if you have elite status with American or if you carry one of their credit cards um, or also if you buy like a premium seat. So if you pay more for your seat, you'll get that free check bag. So for those of us who uh, aren't elite, uh, I guess we're going to have to be scrambling to jam even more into overhead bins, right? And that's always a struggle. 
it does seem like more people might be packing into smaller bags that fit in the overhead compartments. You know, if they're being forced to to pay more, they might rethink those extra, you know, pair of shoes or that extra jacket and, and opt for something they can throw in the overhead. So yeah, you might want to get ready for a little more of a scramble. All right. Well, over to Dilworth now, where you report there's land swapping going on involving Atrium Health. Now, what parcels and uh, what are the plans? Yeah. So the land swap involves entities affiliated with Atrium Health and a local real estate investment company called Fison. Fison is giving up a property on Moorhead Street near the Dilworth Neighborhood Grill to the Atrium Health Foundation and is relocating to a prime spot next to the old Fuel Pizza building on East Boulevard over near South Boulevard. Fison's CEO, uh, Chris Fetter, told us that Fison and the Atrium Health Foundation basically swapped land. Now, companies that are affiliated with Atrium already own three other side-by-side parcels facing Moorhead, as well as the land behind them toward Baxter Street, where that medical school building and the innovation district called the Pearl are being built. So certainly, you know, Atrium is positioning itself to have more of its entities close together and, and, you know, more of a land parcel in one big block. Finally, many people might recognize the name Michael A. DeMeo from his TV ads. A state appeals court has thrown out a complaint against the prominent Charlotte attorney. Uh, What was the complaint and uh, what did the court say? Yeah, so a decision was filed this week showing that a three-judge North Carolina appeals court panel threw out a disciplinary complaint against Michael DeMeo. They said basically that there wasn't enough evidence that he knowingly made false statements to a former colleague about a conversation with a client. The case springs from comments DeMeo made in 2021 in an email exchange with a fellow lawyer who had recently left DeMeo's firm and had taken a client with him. Apparently, in response to the lawyer's accusation that DeMeo had told a client about the lawyer's personal life, DeMeo said he was not aware of the lawyer's personal struggles and he wouldn't have discussed them with a client. The lawyer filed a complaint with the state bar and the bar's disciplinary hearing commission sanctioned DeMeo with a one-year suspension of his law license. That penalty was delayed as DeMeo appealed. And finally, the court said that the bar's findings that he knowingly misled the lawyer were speculation built on inference from inference from inference. So the complaint was thrown out. All right, Christina, thank you. Thanks so much. That's Christina Bowling of the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter. Support for BizWorthy comes from Sharon View, Federal Credit Union, the Original Mattress Factory, and our listeners. And for Thursday, February 22nd, that's Newsworthy. I'm Eric Teal.